0: blessed. And I believe you're going to be hugely blessed tonight. Who, who has never heard Nathan blouse before? Who does Who is their first time? Raise your hand so Nathan can see it. Awesome. Well, you are in for a treat, a treat, treat, treat. And, uh, I just know it's a divine appointment. Nate has such a unique, uh, just call on his life and a unique, um, ministry really to the body of christ Uh, the name of his ministry is called the safe place and that it really is a good good description of who nate is Uh, i love what he says he says that we have to be in a safe place in order for our hearts to heal and you know most of us have been through enough that we know what it's like to not feel safe and so having a safe place like Nate is a breath of fresh air. And I know he's been that for me. He's been that for so many people in the room. And just the revelation God has given him uh, in so many fronts is life transforming. And so I'm so glad he's here with us tonight. I'm so glad he's getting the opportunity to speak. And I am expecting something glorious, personally even. So Nate, no pressure. No pressure. He's been doing sessions all week, so at this point, whatever's going to come out is going to be God, right? Right? So awesome. Well, I'm going to turn it over to you, Nate, just to kick us off, and uh, I love you.
1: How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, Well, I want to tell you, when I pastored, um, you knew who was really intense and committed, and loving God because they came out on a Sunday night. No, actually, they're the ones that didn't have kids. Because <laughs> I pastored single when I pastored. I was 27 years old. And uh then I got married and I was like, we don't have to go to church on Sunday nights. Sunday mornings are pretty good for me. And then we had kids, and I'm like, can't we online stream this for the rest of our lives? Do we really need to go to church at all? So, but uh, it is a joy to be with you. Did the uh, sheets get all passed around yet? Everybody got a sheet on what we're going to do tonight? No, That's okay. They're hot off the press. They're coming. Well, tonight's topic may seem, uh, I don't know how it'll seem to you. Um, but I am convinced it's a barren wasteland, even though you're in here and we deal with this and we talk about this all the time. Um, I travel half the year and I pray with individually close to a thousand people a year and then corporately thousands of people in corporate healing times. And, uh, how many, have any of you lived long enough? I'll come back to what I was just going to say, but have any of you lived long enough to know that uh if you've done this church thing for a while, the church always seems to trend about 30 to 40 years behind what the world is finding out? Am I, uh, y'all, y'all here with me tonight? Y'all, y'all showed up, right? So I was saying all that on the front end to say I want to value you and value your time and I appreciate that you're here. Some of you may have not had a choice. I still appreciate that you're here. Um, but uh I really believe what I'm gonna give you tonight. Uh not gonna preach, gonna put notes in your hand, not only for you, but also for those that you lead and follow you. And you see the title there tonight. And it seems like we should know this and understand this, but the reality is is the world is waking up to the importance of this title, this word, in business, in communities. Uh, it is the cutting edge of what is going on corporately in America right now, started about 10 years ago and hasn't even hit full stride yet. It is understanding the importance of emotions. And uh, there's a guy out there, and I know you emergers have either gone through it or will go through it, a book called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. And he says this in the book in the front. He says, personality doesn't change and IQ doesn't change. Now, we may agree or disagree on the personality thing as you get whole, but at the core of you... What he's saying is, we spend all this time and energy trying to focus on things that are static, to develop us and make us better and grow. And he said, the one the one variable that radically can change is not your IQ but your EQ, which is your emotional intelligence. Can't get no help here tonight, Sean. I don't know if I. Uh, everybody's still going. Well, I don't know if I'm. I don't know where you're going, so I ain't gonna agree with you yet. So. But the world is waking up to this on executive level and 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 senior level management that if they can get the people that are working on that level to a better place emotionally, then they're going to be more productive. So companies have, years ago now, have begun to hire people to come in and sit down with their people and just get them to forgive everybody and anything on the planet that's ever happened in their lives because in that release, not spiritual now, just in the practical way God designed us to forgive and release, it created an openness in them so that they could be more productive. They weren't as irritated and angry and all that stuff. So tonight, the church is a barren wasteland in understanding health and emotions and how that ties into our spirituality, I grew up in a movement that didn't even believe emotions were good for you. I, I, I literally served under a guy that would preach and say emotions are not part of the kingdom. Now I know the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy, right? And I know peace and joy are not emotions in the abstract concept that we talk of the kingdom. But the reality is, is the way God designed you to know that you have peace and joy is an experiential representation of that through your emotions. Does that make sense? And so tonight, I want to just have an interactive process on this and just want to say that when you think about that word emotion, what immediately comes to mind? Uh, maybe from my religious background, weakness. Okay. Or your upbringing. Yeah. Doesn't even need to be religious. Yeah, from my upbringing, weakness. Yeah. Is so to be emotional is to be weak. What else? It's wide across the... Right, wide... Whatever. No right or wrong, not going in any direction here, just focus. To be emotional, to really let your emotions out, I run the risk of being out of control. And guys really have trouble with this, because a lot of us aren't wired in in our creation to that anyways, and so when we feel something that we can't be in control of, it makes us feel out of control and we immediately get angry. That's just an add on that ain't part of the ticket. What were you saying? Okay. Emotion ties to you, emotion and praise. So that's positive. You're thinking positively on that. Unstable. To be emotional means that I'm not stable. Passion. Yeah. Emotion ties to passion. Okay. The
0: emotion, I can yeah.
1: That. That's bad. Yeah. Okay? Well, wow. okay. Uh, depressed. Depressed. Yeah. That's a type of being emotional, right? it go into it. could go into it. Is there a way to be depressed and not know it in your emotions? Okay. Dangerous. It's dangerous to be emotional because then maybe you're not going to follow God just right because you're off the handle. Mm hmm. Okay. A belief that they are overwhelming or they've been overwhelming. Yeah. Just fear. 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 Mm hmm. Fear, feeling emotion. And why would one. Feel the emotion of fear of feeling emotion. Yeah, some emotions don't feel good. What else? So emotions equal non-intelligence, or just negative ones? All of them. Yeah.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Anything else? This table is awful quiet back here. Wow. Emotions are a hindrance to faith. Yeah. I'm not, per, I'm just percolating it. But we never hear that logic is a hindrance to faith. Just those dadgum emotions. <laughs> so just it's interesting, just like if you were to look up the word memory in the dictionary, there is a wide range of definitions. And there is no agreement in the psychological community to come up with one specific definition for memory. Even in our day and age. And that's the same with emotion. We could go in a hundred different directions with that and all kinds of different thought processes. But I'm just going to say this. Emotion is the feeling I get with experience. Can we agree on that? Emotion is the feeling that I get or is produced in me with my experience. you realize that the lack of feeling something when you should is also a sign of emotion. Does that make sense? Like I have people sit down with me in sessions and they go to a memory and I say, you know, Lord leads us to a memory and I say, hey, how does that feel? And they think that they've got a good answer in telling me, well, I don't feel anything. So we don't have to work on this, right? No, you've got bigger problems. The absence of emotion is not a sign that everything's okay. Peace and calm in those places in our lives that were painful is a sign that everything's okay. Because again, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So I apologize for how this all. This was actually one page, but it didn't, in coming here, it didn't profile right. Now, you'll you'll like this if you're kind of following me. A few years ago, Shalise and I were talking about all this, and it just came out of her. She said, "Well, you know, the reality is, if you can't feel it, God can't heal it." So predominantly here tonight, as we talk about emotions, we're not primarily talking about the positive ones. We're talking about the negative ones. Does that make sense? I've never heard anybody say, oh man, I felt peace and calm and love, and that's wrong. <laughs> I feel joy. Ooh, that's scary. I better leave that alone. Right, all, A lot of the things we're saying here that we associate with background and what we've been taught and all that, it comes with the understanding we're talking primarily about the negative things in our emotional feelings. Does that make sense? So let's jump down because we kind of hit some of this just talking about this broader context of emotions, and we may come back to this to just really define it. But let's jump down on your page to where it says Ephesians 4.26, four little words that make up a big concept. Paul says here, be angry, sin not. Remember reading that in your Bible somewhere? Like Ephesians 4.26? <laughs> be angry, sin not. What do you feel in those four words? What of those four words is the emphasis of what Paul's saying here? What, what point is he trying to drive home in those four words? You got four words. What's his focus in those four words? Sin not. Hmm. We're going to have a vote here in a minute. What, what would, what would another emphasis here be? Be angry. Anybody else feel like there's an individual emphasis in those four words that Paul's trying to tell us? Possibly. But let's have a show of hands. Those two things. How many of you feel like or think that sin not is the emphasis of what Paul's saying here? Okay. How many of you think be angry is the emphasis? Okay. For what we're going to do here tonight, the emphasis I feel Paul's talking about here, and because Chris has heard me say this before, he stole my thunder, the emphasis that I see in this is be. Paul's telling us be, you be. Now, if you've got a Pentecostal charismatic background, your your focus is sin not, baby. And most everybody else that didn't come up that way is be angry. But I think we strip it back a layer, and we go to a, a, a more basic foundation, and that is that Paul is saying, first of all, you be so in that, let's go into these statements. And we'll come back to this. These, these, what do I got them here on? Nine, sometimes I teach it as eight. So these nine statements, we're just gonna kind of progress through and see where our upbringing and our belief systems about emotions start to erupt different than what we're saying in these statements. So the first statement here That we need to see if we can agree on is God is creator Can we agree on that okay So number one God is creator If we can agree that number one that God is creator then Can we agree that God created us in his image and likeness? Can we all agree on that okay? So number 2 then is we have a creator who created us in his image and likeness. So if he created us in his image and likeness then can we can we agree on the next statement that he created us emotional? I mean come on we should all know this we're a body a soul and a spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, body, soul, and spirit. The soul is our mind, our will, our emotions. So if we're created in his image and likeness, then we are created with emotion or emotionally. Everybody still doing all right or some of their negative things about emotions popping up already. I didn't even get through number two in one group. So if we believe that he created us emotional, then number four statement can be said, my emotions are my state of being. How we doing? This is where I start losing people. In mass sometimes. You just said, he created you in his image and likeness. And if he created you in his image and likeness, then he created you emotional. We all agreed, well, if he created you emotional, then your emotions are your state of being. Whose faulty thinking is coming right up and saying no? No. All right, what's coming up? Did I say that? Did I say you have to trust them? I am. Correct emotional health. We got five more statements. No, no, this is good. This is what I want. Right? Right? So, so you're already seeing that there's some upbringing and some programming that's already getting involved in this. What was your? So, negative emotions equal suck. Well, Jesus got angry. God's jealous. God, yeah, thank you. He wept. He grieves with those who grieve. He mourns with those who mourn. My emotions, if we believe the first three, we have to get to the point where we can believe that my emotions are my state of being. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just said God mourns. I've felt times in me when he's healed me, his righteous indignation over my life because of the injustice of what happened to me as a child. I felt his anger, and it felt very protective for me in that moment as he was healing me. I never felt that protection by my natural parent. So, if he doesn't feel the way we do, we got to go back to God as creator. No, no, I mean, if, if we're going to believe God doesn't feel like we do, maybe, if, maybe pre-carnate Jesus, we could say that. But when God came in the flesh... He was in every way tested as we are tested, in all points tried as we were. I really think when he was agonizing in the garden and saying, nevertheless, not my will but yours, he felt a few negative things. Yeah, I mean, have you ever been so stressed that you sweat drops of blood? I mean, look that up in medical terms and see what anguish you have to feel to be in that place. How we doing we got five more See the world's ahead of us guys They're in this right now Without Jesus Because they're always trying to figure out how to be more productive how to meet the bottom line more how to do something and, and and I'm not saying they're perfect in this But what I'm saying is the church has taught us a barren wasteland of what to do with our emotions. When you're taught by somebody that's leading you that your emotions can't be a part of the kingdom, but it's your state of being and you're created in his image and likeness and all of us are in worship wanting more of his presence, well, how is that expressed? Not in our cerebral cortex of logic, it's expressed in that dynamic of our hearts that experience. When people are so traumatized that they choose to shut out the negative emotions in their lives, they don't get to pick and choose, they shut out the positive too. So you can't have one without the other. You know how many people have said to me, I don't remember certain segments of my life and I don't know why, and then we get into a place where there's a key of a memory that is painful, that they choose to say, heart, I choose to allow you to go to this place regardless of what it's going to mean, and then we see God heal that and it opens up all the memories for those two years. See, if your negative emotions are not to be a part of your state of being, then when your heart shuts down on the negative, it would be able to be okay with the positive. It, we okay? I'm not yelling at you. I'm just passionate about this. And I really hope this messes you all up tonight. I really do. Because God doesn't want us to just live out of a logic-centered life that's robotic. They that can't experience anything. And in that, I'm not saying you all got to stand up, do cartwheels, like the person over here that apparently feels everything before they think. But that's not wrong. It's not wrong that this person feels much deeper than you feel. Which leads me to this in the next statement. I am allowed to have every emotion that I experience. I am allowed to have every emotion that I experience. If I can agree that my emotions are my state of being, then the next statement that we need to contend with is, I'm allowed to have all of them. See, because some of us were taught, big girls and big boys don't cry. The crying isn't the emotion, but the crying releases the emotion. Some of us were taught in that in that in that scripture, be angry, sin not. Tell you what, let's do this. Just so that we know we won't sin, let's not be angry. That's not what the scripture says. It doesn't say You're not allowed to be angry, so then you won't sin. It says, be angry, don't sin. I'm allowed to have all of my emotions. Because they're my state of being. How we doing? What's kicking up in your mind? Like what? Yeah, no, it's good. That's what Yeah. Come on guys, talk. What's coming up in you, Sir? And, and that's not written down here yet, is it? It is the be angry, sin not. So let me just translate that at this point into, into Nathanese. And this is just one layer in this. I'm not saying this is exactly what Paul meant in this. But how many of you know Revelation is in onion skins? It's in layers. There's more to it than just what's on the surface. So... For our purposes, we could just kind of be angry, sin not. We could say, be emotional. Watch what you do with them. Isn't that what he's saying? Be angry. Watch what you do with it. Be disappointed. Watch what you do with it. Be fearful. Watch what you do with it. Be anxious. Watch what you do with it. Be annoyed. Some of you are with me right now. Watch what you do with it. I came out for this tonight. Are you freaking kidding me? Where's all that prophecy stuff and the warm goosebumps? And when are we breaking for a potty break so I don't have to come back? Well, now wait a minute, blouse. The Bible says, fear not. Yeah, but it doesn't say you can't fear. It just says once you fear, don't do it. I'm not splitting hairs here. I'm making a point. You can't control feeling fear. You don't make a logical decision, oh, I'm going to get up today, and you know what? I feel all kinds of love, but I'm going to choose to fear. See, again, that's why I'm trying to get you to understand your emotions, all of them, are your state of being. You don't get to pick and choose initially when they hit you. Does that make sense? How many times did the angels show up, and they freaked out, and the angels said, fear not? They weren't saying, you dirty, no good, lousy, rotten, why are you fearing? They were saying, listen, you don't need to fear. They weren't telling them they were wrong for fearing. They were just saying, hey, guys, listen, it's all right. You don't have to be afraid. Does that make sense? If you're anxious, it's not wrong. It's just Paul wrote Philippians, right? And he says, if you're anxious, in all things, pray with thanksgiving that the peace of God would renew your hearts and minds in him. He's not saying it's wrong to do this, but if you're feeling it, be careful how you handle it. And here, I'm going to tell you how. Be anxious for nothing in all your praying. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So, a key reason why anxiety hits us is because we're not making our requests known to Him and we're carrying the weight of the burden rather than releasing it to Him and then being able to be thankful. Because the burden has been lifted off of me emotionally, and he carries that. And then our ears can be open to actually, by faith, walk out what we need to do. We all right? Is this starting to make more sense, even though some of you just still don't agree with me? It's okay. I've been on my journey with this too. But here's the thing. If I think I can't feel a certain way, then God can't get in there and help me change how I feel. Because I'm not focused on him to work with me in that emotion, I'm taking responsibility for it like I'm God. And then whatever was programmed into my belief system as I grew up, Whether that's my family of origin, the garden I grew up in, or it's my religious institution, or any authority that printed something into me. And listen, how many of you actually had parents that as you grew up as a child and felt things, actually sat down with you and said, let's figure out what you're feeling? So I can help you release that, work with it, not feel out of control with it, not feel endangered by it. I mean, if you did, that's awesome, but I haven't had anybody raise their hand and say, praise God, that was me. And yet neuroscience right now, without anything spiritual, is beginning to be able to tell us that when a child or an adult can take a word or a phrase of what they're feeling inside and actually attach it to that and just speak it out. I am feeling depressed. I am feeling disappointed. I am feeling envious. I am feeling confused. It automatically, without God even in it yet, is starting to release it so it lifts off of you. And I would dare say... Just like with me, all of us in here have a whole range of emotions that we were never taught to identify or know what they actually were as we grew up. And if you begin to walk this process out, when you felt something as you're going through your daily life, And you begin to ask God, what am I feeling? You would be amazed at what all of a sudden comes into your mind. So let me tell you... Oh, there I am. So let me tell you how real and powerful this is to me. I don't know if this will bless your life, but I got the platform here. As my children are growing... My youngest, as far back in her life as I can remember, would get this look on her face. And I've been able to figure out with God my oldest, my middle, and my youngest has been a mystery to me. And I could not figure out the face that she would give me whenever she got emotional. And so God's doing this work in me about understanding how to connect emotion to a feeling because I never, my parents, I mean, it was all the stuff you're mentioning. I mean, it wasn't a healthy emotional home. You don't cry. Dad doesn't cry. Stop it. So I'm on this journey, even right now as I'm talking to you, of my heavenly father fathering me into health in my emotional heart. So as I'm listening to an audiobook on some of this, I wake up one morning and I feel out of sorts, and I'm driving down the road, and I go, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm like, Lord, I don't know what I'm feeling here, but it doesn't feel all warm and fuzzy. And it feels almost childlike. And so Jesus, I just, I'm going to embrace this emotion. And I ask you to take me to where this is going on in my heart. And all of a sudden I get this image of me as like a two or three year old little boy. Pre-emotion. Pre-memory. Not pre emotion And so it's becoming more and more real, and then I know from what's been told to me, that was the most violent time in my dad's brokenness, was the first six years of my life. So in knowing that, God makes me aware that I'm, this little boy is in a situation where there's this violence going on in my home, And what he begins to help me understand for the first time in my life is that this feeling that I have is confusion. Now, you may already connect to that, and that may not be anything earth-shattering for you. But my idea of confusion was I'm going down a one-way street backwards. And all of a sudden I see these cars coming at me, and I have this moment of kind of like, I don't, Like, oh my gosh, like, what's going on? And then it clicks in, and I go this way. That's all I knew confusion to be. And so when I was able to connect the idea that this that I'm feeling is confusion, because I could feel it, as Shalise says, now God could heal it. And so he began to take me on this journey of my childhood where all these different places I was kind of like shell-shocked in this confusion, but I couldn't go anywhere with it because I didn't even know what I was feeling. Now watch this, in him being able to heal me and walk me through that and realize that confusion actually feels something emotionally immediately my daughter's face came to mind and he said nate that's the number one thing she deals with in her life right now is feeling utterly confused i just broke and what's crazy is as i've been doing this with my kids i've sat with her and i asked her i said Do you feel angry? Do you feel sad? She's shaking her head, crying. And I've gotten as close to it as saying, you really don't know what you feel, do you, sweetheart? And she would shake her head, and I'd hold her, and she'd cry, and it would lift. But now I had the ability... Because I understood this to sit down with her and go sweetheart when you're feeling this this is called confusion for you I need you to tell daddy that when you feel that and we'll process that and we'll walk through that And we'll figure out how to get you out of that Does that make sense? So I am allowed to have all of my emotions. So the next statement is this. None of my emotions are right and none of my emotions are wrong. None of my emotions are right and none of my emotions are wrong. They can't be because they're part of your state of being. They just are. Does that make sense? But some of us have taught, been taught that anger is wrong. And you're going to see that if you fight your emotions, you never get to what's wrong. Because your emotions are fighting the wrong battle. And some of us spend our whole spiritual lives internally fighting the wrong battle. Declaring against them. Casting them out. How's that working out for you? I get people sit down. Oh, I got an anger problem. Okay. Yeah, I, every day I... I just command that spirit of anger to leave. How's that working out? Bet you're still angry, aren't you? Here's a thought. Maybe it's not a demon. Now listen, am I saying there aren't real situations where demons get in there and torment you through your emotions? Absolutely. But that's not the rule. That's the exception to the rule. The rule is understanding how to approach your emotions, mainly we're talking about negative ones here, in a healthy way. Does that make sense? How are we doing with that statement? Anybody, anybody got a demon raising up inside of them going, ah! That's not all bad. So, if we can say that none of my emotions are right or none of my emotions are wrong, basically, let me just say this because I totally missed it. What we're saying here is your emotions carry no moral value, they're not moral. Morality is about right and wrong. Your state of being is not. They're no more right or wrong than your personality being right or wrong. Right. Right. Well, if we're made righteous in him and he's our righteousness, then it's off the books anyways. If we're righteous because he's righteous, then even in our moral or non-moral ability, it doesn't affect righteousness. Right? See, some people grow up with different personality types parenting them other than their own. Does that make sense? Like, let's say I'm... Give me the... Give me what... Is that a type A? Yeah. A D? Yeah. So you're a D. So your parent's a D. And you're an S. And your parent parents you out of who they are rather than principles and values and guidelines for living. This is the way it's done out of my personality and who I am, not out of a principle. So then you grow up and leave home and think everything about who you are is wrong. Does that make sense? Let's say your parent is a type personality that's perfectionistic. Everything in its place, every place has a thing, dot every I, cross every T, and they parent you out of their personality as to how it should be. But you're a creative type that is always messy. You're going to leave that home if they don't parent you by principle and value, but they parent you by their personality and think everything that you do and how you do it and what you do and how you live is wrong the rest of your life. That's what I'm saying about your emotions too. There's no moral value on your emotions. They're your state of being. You're allowed to have them, all of them. It's quiet in here, Sean. That's where we're going right now. You just segued right into it. Sure. Now watch this. None of my emotions are right, and none of my emotions are wrong. So the next statement is, my emotions are not my problem. My emotions are not my problem. And we've kind of been alluding to that, right? So if we say that my emotions are not my problem, then we can say this. My emotions, number eight, my emotions are the indicator or my negative emotions, I should say. My negative emotions are the indicator and the messenger of a problem. I grew up in a whole movement for 20 years looking at my actions and looking at my sinful behaviors and telling me that was the problem. No, what I believed that drove me to do those things was the problem. But if I kept repenting and trying to focus on not doing my actions, I was fighting the wrong battle because I never got to the faulty belief system. So if I fight my emotion of anger as the problem, I never get to the reality that it's trying to show me that there is a problem and it will take me to the problem. If I fight my negative emotions and think they are the problem, but my emotions are the signpost or the messenger or the indicator of a problem, then I'll never get to the problem. Let's say we have a building that when it catches on fire, it doesn't constantly, it doesn't consume, but there's always fire in it. But the idea is that I live in the building without the flames but I'm burning all my energy and all my effort in trying to get the flames to go out that are going up the sides of the walls. At some point, I have to think that I'm going to go, maybe I ought to look at what's creating the flames. And if I can find what's creating the flames, and I can put an end to that, then all the flames go away. Does that make sense? So watch this. My emotions are the indicator or messenger of a problem. So the last statement here is, once I resolve the problem that my negative emotions are attached to, My negative emotions go away. See, I grew up in a movement that taught me if I was feeling angry. Well, you just need to get every scripture on anger, and you just need to declare it, and you need to memorize it, and you need to tell yourself, hey, you're this, and you're not angry. And then I got even angrier because their things didn't work. Hey, you just need to fast to get rid of this anger. So one one year I fasted more days than I ate. I was still angry. No, it made, created more and more hatred at them because now I'm angry with them because what they gave me didn't work. Sure, whatever your belief system is, but that belief system right there of self-hatred m- may be something completely different than what we're talking about right now. The point I'm trying to make is this. In my movement, I was taught that my spiritual disciplines... That I believe in and practice were the way that I was going to resolve the brokenness in my heart. And it never worked. The spiritual disciplines, fasting, prayer, speaking the word. Yeah, seriously, thank you. Exercising my muscle of faith. Those are all things that I do when I grow in my walk with the Lord once the brokenness in this area of my life is taken care of by the counselor He didn't design you to be your counselor. He's the counselor That's why there's so many self-help books because they don't help And that's why there's one book That leads us to the living word of God who is the truth named Jesus Christ and by the spirit of truth lives inside of us And when the spirit of truth meets you in your brokenness and counsels you there It takes away your brokenness your faulty belief systems your offense whatever that is and now you have peace now You can declare better and believe it and see it happen. Now you can fast and get the actual benefits of fasting. Now you can read your Bible with peace of mind and actually get things out of it. Now you can actually pray longer than five seconds because all this craziness in your head is cleared up because the brokenness in your heart is what created the craziness. The spiritual disciplines were never the antidote for your heart surgery. They're the rehab and the way that you grow in your faith once Jesus, the counselor, has done the surgery. And so your emotions are like, hey... I know I'm negative, I'm knowing disappointment here, don't fight me, why don't you embrace me, and I'll lead you to why you're disappointed, and then you hook up with the counselor, and let him minister to your disappointment, and then when that's all done, I get to go away, because I really don't want to be here anyways. Does that make sense? I'm not asking you to agree with me yet, I'm just asking if it makes sense. Look, I've been on this journey of this for a long, long time now, and I'm giving you some stuff that it's, I've been processing for 10, 15 years. And I'm just Bleh. So I'm not asking you to just agree with me, but I am challenging the belief systems that you have because neuroscience and the world are that much further ahead of us without God. And this is part of your mind being transformed. So spiritual maturity is not the absence of negative emotions. Spiritual maturity is how quickly you return to the joy and peace of the kingdom once you feel those negative emotions. Come on. I'll never forget the day in college, my senior year, I directed all the ministries in the university that I was affiliated with. And I walked into my office, because I would tell people I don't get angry. Because I didn't. Because I had a dad that was violent and always angry, and I, I decided I wasn't going to be like him. So I didn't get angry people would say, you know, if we had a discussion I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about because I don't get angry And I walked in Shalise, my senior year Into that office and I don't I, I, I mean there was nothing going on. I was just minding my own business And as I walked in it was so powerful It's like I can tell you because I'm there right now as I walked in that office I heard the Spirit say, I'm not going to let you not be angry anymore. And I was like, get thee behind me, devil. What are you talking about? I don't get angry. And the Spirit said, I know. And that's getting ready to change. And I'm like, well, no, 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 no. doesn't need to change. I... I, in that moment, that right there was the beginning of my spiritual health journey to right now. And I was like, whatever. And I got in my car, and one of my professor's wives was in the hospital. And I was on my way down in Springfield, Missouri, to go to the hospital. And I'm driving down the road, and some knucklehead cuts right out in front of me. And all of a sudden, there it was. (laughs) You no good. (laughs) That's all, folks. And I stopped. Listen to me now. I stopped, and I literally felt this stuff go through my body Like you'd put dye contrast into somebody to take an MRI, and they could say, I felt this warm thing go all through me. It wasn't warm. It was dangerous. It was like a poison. And it so shook me, I pulled into a parking lot because I was shaking. And I said, God, what is this? And he said, Nate, I told you, this isn't how you live a healthy life. And I was like, but I don't know what to do with this. And he said, that's okay, I do. And he started taking me on a journey with all my emotions. And I'm here at this stage in my life 20 years later. And six months ago, he's still being a good papa to me and teaching me, oh, you don't know what this feels You don't know what this is? This is confusion. The difference now is I don't fight with him. Because here's what I know, folks. The more I let him teach me how to be emotional, the more I get to experience him. My spirit being is not separate from my soul. God is fully in my spirit being, but he made me with a soul to experience everything about him in my spirit being. And if I'm going to experience the ecstasy and the depth of intimacy with him emotionally in a positive way, then I have to be open in my heart for me to be able to experience all the negative things too. Because none of it's right and none of it's wrong. And I don't get to pick and choose. I either get it all or I get none. And if we get none, then we may as well be robots. Because robots don't feel. Now, to some of the points. None of my statements say you're supposed to live by your emotions. We know that's not healthy. We know that emotions are fickle. We know that emotions, just living into them and living by them, we can make wrong choices and wrong decisions. So I didn't put any of that in there because that's not what I'm talking about. But see how quickly we go to that because we're taught we don't live by our emotions, but that doesn't mean we're not supposed to have them. If we're not supposed to live by our emotions, then figure out a way when you're being intimate with your wife to not feel. Don't live by them. Oh, that would be real fun. Let's get together, but neither of us are going to feel anything because it's wrong. See how see how crazy that thought process is? I mean if we're gonna live by hey, we don't live by our feelings Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not saying to live by your feelings, but I'm saying you don't get to pick and choose Because that wasn't God's heart He wants us to experience everything that we're going to experience and feel it. Oh, by the way with the negative emotions Let's be careful what we do with them. Because, yeah, anger can destroy everything, but that doesn't mean it doesn't serve a place. Go ahead. Yes, fruit of the Spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. How are we doing with this? Yeah. Hey, let me tell you. Let me tell you, I'm glad you said that. Listen, I was on the phone with my little girl. I've been teaching her. Listen, my my son, he tucks everything in, so i got to help him figure out how not to do that. My youngest one, he's my oldest. My youngest one, I'm still trying to figure out how she even works. She's six. My middle one, she feels everything deeply. Now listen, let me just pause and say this some of you are that way and you were called a drama queen How many of you know that's a negative program? God created you to feel deeply and he doesn't call you a drama queen. He calls you his princess So my daughter is One that feels deeply And to cover all of her emotions with some of the stuff that I that my family's been through in the last two years She's already learned how to feel angry deeply And I've told her I want you to tell me how you feel none of it's wrong Because if my daughter feels anger instantly, deeply, and I tell her that it's wrong to do that, I haven't equipped her with any tools how to stop it. And quite frankly, I wouldn't know what to tell her to make her stop it because it's her state of being. So I say, come here, princess. "Ah, I don't want to come here. No, come on, baby. No! See, what you've got to realize as a parent is, it's your job to help them grow through that, not to command them to stop it. They're freaking eight years old. And if you don't know how to help them, then learn how to help yourself so you can help them. And I'm not angry with you, but I sit with you as adults with your emotions all over the board, not knowing how to handle any of them. And it's because we didn't have parents that no matter what we felt as little kids didn't get wound up by that, but said, hey, come here, baby. Let me cool you off. So when she doesn't want to do it, you know what she does? Stiff as a board. I call it the spirit of board. And listen, there are times... Where, when I tell her, honey, what are you feeling? Are you feeling angry? It is so raw and it's so deep that when she opens her mouth, all she can do is scream. And I'm praying, and God's saying, You're doing right, son. Just love her. She needs to learn how to handle this. It goes with her strong will, and it's mine. And we get through that layer, and she just breaks. And I say, now, come here, baby. And she just puts her head on my shoulder because she's learned to trust me. And she wraps herself around me and she says, Daddy, I don't know how to do this. And I'm like, that's okay, baby. We're learning together. But you're allowed to feel it. It's okay. We just need to figure out how to take care of it. And so sometimes we pray. And I'm teaching her how to connect with Jesus inside. And he talks to her. And other times we dialogue about it and I help her try to figure out and lead her to what's really causing the pain in her Sometimes it's something I did Sometimes a lot of times. It's what her sister and brother are doing Sometimes it's what her mom's doing. So then I tell her look. What do we need to do to release this? We have to forgive I don't want to forgive daddy. See, some things that go on in us as adults, they don't change. We just get big. We never grew up. I'm smiling. Honey, who does it help if we forgive? It helps me. Do you want to feel like this? No. All right, let's forgive. So I walk her through that. How do you feel now? I feel good close your eyes go to your safe place inside Are you there? Yep. Can you see Jesus there? Yep Jesus, what do you want her to know? And I'll, and she says well, he's saying I love you. Can you feel that? Yeah, I can daddy that feels good Now listen, I'm giving you the ones that have actually worked so it makes me look like a great parent For every one of those, there's misses three or four times because she doesn't want to work with me. I can't make her change, but we process. So I say all that to say this, and I'll, I'll just wrap up, land in the plane. The other day, I'm on the phone with her, and she says, Hey, Daddy, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to a church. She says, Oh, okay. What's the name of that church? I tell her, I said, well, It's such-and-such. Such. She says that's the stupidest name. I've ever heard in my life for a church And I said honey uh, You know probably really shouldn't say that that's really not nice. You told me I could say whatever I feel and that's not wrong She's eight I'm like honey, you're right if that's what you feel I can't take that away from you. And then I thought, when I get home, now we have to have the next conversation. You can feel it, but you can't always say it. Come on, are you here? Yeah. Feel something stupid and don't tell everybody. (laughs) Close your eyes. Please, and thank you. Jesus, will you show each one of your sons and daughters or give them a thought? Will you help them to just know inside by your spirit one area in what we've talked about that you want to challenge them in in their emotional health? Bring up one faulty way they're thinking about themselves and their emotions. Maybe you need to take them to a place inside where they learned that they weren't allowed to feel a certain way. You know what each one of your sons and daughters can receive right now from you based on what we're talking about tonight. Everybody is at different places with all of this. Father, if any of your sons or daughters here need to forgive anybody in their life for wounding them as it relates to their emotions, would you just bring that person into their mind right now? Somebody that didn't model emotional health to your sons and daughters here, they may even be in a memory right now where they were told to shut up, dry up, quit acting like that. This family doesn't feel. We're going to pray, and we're going to forgive those people for that, and we're going to release that tonight. That's the first step of this lifting off of you. Let's, and, if, and if God's not bringing that for you, that's okay. But just pray with all of us. Let's just say this together. Jesus, by an act of my will, I choose to forgive this person for modeling wrong emotional health to me, for creating a belief system in me that keeps me from being healthy emotionally. And I release that with all the weight of it, and I let it go. Now, I'm going to ask Jesus to speak truth to whatever that is you're believing so it begins to break in your life and you feel the release from that faulty way of thinking. Jesus, what's the truth you want each one of your sons and daughters to know here? About that faulty way that they were taught. What do you want them to believe? What do you want to say to them? What's your heart towards them here? When they were told to dry up. What do you say to them? When they were told not to cry. What do you want to say to them? When they were told that. Emotions are weak. What do you want to say to them? What do you want to show them Lord? What do you want to show some of your sons inside or tell them about emotions? You you were a man. You walked this earth as a man. What do you want the men in here to know? What do you want your daughters to know? Some of them were hurt by unhealthy men and women. What do you want them to know, Lord? What do you want them to feel? What do you want them to see of truth to bring healing and wholeness to them? Jesus, if any of your sons or daughters here are in a memory when they were a little boy or a young, young man or a young woman, little girl, Would you just show up here in this place? Would you show them where you were and what your heart was towards them? Would you just visually walk into that place in their heart and their mind? Some of them, it may even be pre-memory, but their emotions tied to their consciousness. And it created a belief, Lord. Would you just reach out to that little boy or that little girl? Would you help them to see and feel you and your presence in that place? Healing it like you did me. As that little boy, confused. Bringing peace to my confusion. Safety to me. Minister to each one of your sons and daughters here right now. And Father, right now, in the name and through the blood of Jesus Christ, in every place that you're ministering to, if there's an open door that the enemy came through to torment them in their emotions, in the name and through the blood of Jesus, I just silence the voice of the enemy right now. I strip him of all rank and stature. I break his assignment. I command every tormenting, traumatizing spirit that ramps up even the very emotional state in a negative way that that your sons and daughters have, I command them to leave now. I command those spirits that make their emotions extreme to just go right now in Jesus' name. And we love you, and we thank you, Lord.
0: Awesome. 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 Amen. Well, Father, I just pray that just the work that you began tonight, I thank you, Lord, you're going to just continue to minister in this area. And uh, we just give Holy Spirit permission to teach and to help and to lead and guide us into all truth as it relates to our emotional health. And also, Holy Spirit, if you're just leading people tonight, if if things were brought up or this is an area that they're recognizing that they need additional ministry in, Father, I just pray that you would speak that to them as well and let them know that they're in the right place that we have connections with Nate and with tracy here locally to help heal the broken areas in our heart and so we just um we release you to we release everyone to your care tonight holy spirit in jesus name amen can you turn it up just a little bit rachel i don't talk quite as loud (laughs) awesome Well, you guys, um, what'd you get out of that? Yeah, just tell me something that that you got. Yep. Yeah. You don't have to be afraid of your or dread your negative emotions. It's actually an opportunity for breakthrough. It's an opportunity for healing. It's an opportunity for wisdom. It's an opportunity for the Father to be fa- the Father in your life. Yeah. Solve the root rather than just like a band aid or suppress it or rebuke whatever. Yeah. You know, one of the things that is, um, I felt like was a real. I don't just blessed me immensely is because, you know, Nate and I worked together on a lot of things. I mean, emerge, you know, was really burst out of a lot of the things even tonight that Nate has poured into my life. And, but, you know, one of the things that I really focus on and everything that I do, if you're around me for more than five minutes is just our union with God through Christ. And the fact that we are one with Jesus, we are one. And because through Jesus, we are one with the father. We are one with Holy spirit that we are never separated. Separation from God is just an illusion. It's a mental illness, <laughs> you know? And here's the thing that I love about that kind of adding to layer tonight is that the father feels it too. Jesus feels it too. He, you're not even feeling it alone, you know, every emotion we have, God feels it too. He says he knows the thoughts before we think them. He knows the words we're going to speak before we speak them. I mean, that is so comforting to me. He's not afraid of our emotions so much he's not afraid of them that he actually chose to live inside of us and chose to put us with all of our emotions inside of him and live in union with us and our broken emotions and our broken places. And he, he is so involved in our emotional life and um, so I want to just encourage you that if God thinks your emotions are okay and he's not afraid of them then we don't have anything to fear you know and goodness knows I, I think the church should be the most emotionally healthy place on the planet but unfortunately today That is not the case. And um, which is why I'm going to segue into why we need to sow into ministries like The Safe Place and like this one (laughs) that are focused on bringing wholeness to the body of Christ, focused on bringing wholeness to leaders, um, focused on helping people get the hindrances out of the way, that are actually, because here's the thing, you can't hide your emotional brokenness. At some point in your life, it will come out. You can only try to bury it for so long. It'll come out in your broken marriage. It will come out in a fallen leader it will come out it will come out in your parenting in the generational things that you pass on to your kids it will come out in your your doctor's diagnosis <laughs> I mean it is there is fruit there is fruit of, it says make the tree good and the fruit will be good I mean there's fruit of our emotional life I mean we know this medical science has proven it I mean stress and worry I mean cause disease you know, and so I, I really want to encourage you to sow a, a, a generous seed tonight into the safe place. I mean, you know, Nate flies out here. We, every, everything I do, I, you know, it kind of rubs off on Nate if he's involved with me, is that we do everything by faith. You know, I, I'm someone, I mean, I've gone to places God told me to go. I didn't even know how I was going to pay for the hotel room that I checked out of. That's a true story. Someone wrote me a $27,000 check while I was still in the hotel room, didn't know how I was going to pay the hotel bill. I have, I have so many stories like that. So we do everything by faith, and so Nate just came out this time by fa- by faith. We said we'll just get it covered. We don't know how it's going to get it covered. It's just going to be covered. We're gonna do sessions, whatever. So I want you to sow a good seed tonight, um, because it's a seed into your emotional wholeness. I mean, I I have submitted my heart and my life to Nate because he is a safe place, and I have made a personal commitment that I'm going to be a leader who walks in wholeness. And that is not, that's been the hardest decision I've ever made in my life. (laughs) Confronting yourself and dealing with your inner world and your inner life and having courage to do that is not an easy task. Uh, But it is the best task. Because here's what I, here's what I learned. Here's what I've learned. If we will pursue wholeness, the rest of it comes in the package. Your destiny actually gets fulfilled because it's part of wholeness right? Poverty gets kicked out of your life because it's, it's, it's actually part of wholeness. And so I just want you to sow a seed into wholeness tonight. And I just, I pray tonight, Father, this is such a true concept. I want you to receive this, that Father, you said that we sow material blessings when we receive spiritual food. (laughs) And tonight we had a good meal. Tonight we had a good meal. We wouldn't go to steak and, you know, steak and shake and not pay for our food, or we wouldn't go to, you know, Outback or wherever. But we had a good meal tonight, Lord. We had some good meat. And, Father, we're just going to pull on that a little bit more tonight. And we're going to pull on the the anointing that is on Nate's life, and we're going to just receive an impartation right now, Father. We just by faith receive, Whoo! in Jesus' name, just an impartation for wholeness, an impartation for for emotional maturity and emotional understanding of our emotions, Father, a oh, self-awareness, God. We receive self-awareness, a whole new level of self-awareness tonight, Father. Uh, we, re- we receive uh, wisdom for parenting tonight, Father. We, we receive um, just insight and strategies tonight, Father, on how to handle our emotions and how to come to you with them. Because you're not a respecter of people. And what you've done for Nate, what you've done for me, you'll do for everybody in the room. Because you're a good dad. Stop it. And so we just, we just receive this offering tonight with joy, with cheerfulness. And we bless Nate with our best because he always brings his best. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. If you need to, if you'd like to give by debit or credit card, you can raise your hand. Uh, We have envelopes that you can do that with. If you want a receipt for cash, raise your hand, and you can just write your name on the envelope, put your cash in the envelope, and we'll make sure that you get a donation receipt at the end of the year. So if you need an envelope at all, raise your hand. Raise your hand. All right. Hey, Nate, you're not leaving before you prophesy. I'm putting a demand on the man he's like I'm tired I don't want to prophesy no I, I you came with a specific word I don't even know if you know you got it I mean if you knew you had a word but I know you had a word and I don't know who else you got a word for but you got a word
1: Well, maybe that's why I'm up here.
0: Well, you just stand there for a minute because I got one for you. Hey, I got one for you. Okay. I see you in this, um, hey, like it's like a superhero outfit, um, but you've got these um, incredible wings. And you've got, um, I don't even know how to describe it, it, though, it's like supersonic speed. And I see, um, the father upgrading your, your boots, um, to anti-gravity, some kind of anti-gravity boots, because you've been flying up in, in some very high, uh, places and it's given you, uh, number one, the Lord said he's been, it's perspectives. You've had so many, um, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways, and you've been you've been flying in this higher place where there's been you've had his perspective, and you've 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 you've, you've, you've experienced his heart, the way he sees things, uh, and in some ways, it's made um, it's not been easy. It's not been easy uh, because it's a, sometimes a different language. It's almost like you're you're not even. Uh, it's that that with the verse that's coming to me is Jesus saying, "I have much to tell you, but you're not yet able to bear it." And so there's been, it's almost like a burden sometimes because you haven't. It, it's, it's, there's so much in you stirring up, and and so many things that um, need to have a place to be communicated. And um, I, I'm seeing that he's just going to continue. He's actually taking you higher. Uh, because if, if the, so far it's not, you've been like in the earth's atmosphere, but these anti-gravity shoes are taking you out into the, the weightless area. It, it, it's, it's into this place that's out in the, you know, the atmosphere. It's way, 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 way above the earth's atmosphere. And whoo, there's going to be, um, I just feel like I'm seeing almost like hieroglyphics. Uh, I'm seeing like this ancient, language an ancient an ancient communication method but you um i see you you understand it like you speak this fluently and this is god's talk this is god's talk it's a it even almost feels it's not even it almost feels binary or something it's very 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 incredibly incredible intelligence indescribable brilliance but you are communicating with him on this level, um, and I, you know, Dr. Nate, um, you know, you know, you've had this call to go back to school and get your doctorate, and I just, um, I see the gates, these gates, these golden gates, just swamp just wide open just wide open that this is not just an earthly program that you're going to this is a, a supernatural uh, heavenly doctorate that you are going to be receiving uh, because you're going to be going in with the mind of Christ and so at the same time you know you're learning from professors you know in in college you're going to be um, learning from the ancient of days From the ancient of days and I see wisdom, I see wisdom, I see wisdom with I just see wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom. And I just feel like you need to um just just it's funny because these anti gravity shoes are you're going in with this suit on, which is kinda, you know, it's a little little intimidating to the other children, you know, to the other students, <laughs> um, but, but they're going to recognize you, Nate. They're going to, the, even the natural, the natural uh, world, the natural realm is going to recognize who you are, and um, I, I just, I, this anti-gravity thing also has to do with just nothing's going to be able to hold you down. Um, that there's going to be such uh, a promotion and such an elevation and such also he's saying a restoration um, and to walk confidently in the path that is before you and to not uh, concern yourself with provision. Um, And I just am saying this because I know the Lord's speaking to me about a specific seed and I want you to connect into this word right now. And I want you to see if God's speaking to you about a specific seed. I know we already took up the offering, but um, there is a, there is a, honor is the currency of heaven. I'm going to say it again, honor is the currency of heaven. And um, I just really sense that, (laughs) you know, other people want $27,000 offerings. People want that kind of breakthrough in their life. But you know, there's a lot of other things that I did in obedience that a lot of people don't wanna do. (laughs) You know what I mean? So when God tells you to do something, you do it. Whatever it is, whatever the amount is, whatever, when he speaks it, you do it. No matter, You just feel the fear and then fear not. (laughs) Just feel the fear, then go ahead and write out the number. Go ahead and write the check out, go ahead and do the offering. Because it's tied to increase. It is tied to a supernatural breakthrough in your life. And the same way he filled those water pots up with wine, he's going to fill your bank accounts up with cash. Ha! So back to Dr. Nate. We just, um, we just bless him, Father, we agree with who you have created Nate to be. We, agree, we are in full agreement. We are not confused. We are so in agreement. And we thank you that you're gonna continue to allow us the honor of saying yes and amen to who you've created this incredible son to be. And Lord, we thank you for every seed that he's sown into our lives in this ministry and in this place. And we pray now, Father, for increase beyond measure so that we can continue to sow and support and uh, come alongside Uh, who you've created Nate to be. We bless the safe place. We bless Nathan Blass. We bless the ministry that he carries. We bless his children. We bless the seed of, of his loins, Father, in every area of his life, whether that is his spiritual children, whether that is his physical children, Lord. We bless his clientele. We bless every aspect of his life. And we speak increase. We speak blessing. We speak restitution and restoration. We speak justice. We speak uh, recompense God and we speak the vengeance of of our Lord onto the enemy father for every attack that he has ever tried to wage against uh Nate and everything that he influences father And so we call him into that next level, God. We call him into this next season, Father. We call the doors swinging wide open. And we call the path clear and heavenly and glorious before him. And we thank you, Father, for the honor of getting the opportunity to sow into it. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Praise the Lord. Just, uh, uh. Just real quick, and I'll, I'll get you guys out of here. We're not going to go and do well, I don't know, but um, sir, all night I've been just drawn to you, and uh, I just feel Father saying that he wants you to know how proud he is of you. I just see him incredibly proud of you, and um, and I'm getting emotional because whenever this happens, I feel the father's heart for people. And uh, he want, I just keep hearing him say, well done, son. Well done. And I hear him saying that he's going to create a new paradigm with you as his father. I'm, I'm not saying you have a bad relationship with God or anything like that. But he, I just I hear him saying, I am going to create a new structure. And I will show you and I will do it. And it's going to create a new dimension of intimacy with God, with you. And, and you don't have to do anything for it. You just need to get ready and respond. Um, but I, I do. I, I, there is just such a pride that I see him having, that as he thinks of you, his chest gets big. He's proud of what you are. He's proud of where you've been. He's proud of where you're going. He's just proud of you because you're his. It's not anything that you've done. It's not anything you've accomplished. It's not anything you haven't accomplished. He's just, I keep hearing him say, tell him how proud I am of him. Because he is where he is. And I love him. And I'm taking him into a new depth of intimacy with me. And in that, I see him bringing people to your life. I see him, don't, don't, don't think it's surprising if all of a sudden, not just young men, but young women somehow show up in your life, whether that's a conversation at a coffee shop or people who want to put a demand on you. And I just, I, I see this sometimes. He's expanding your tent pegs and you're at the center of the tent. And what he's getting ready to do isn't a production thing, it's a fruit thing. I hear him saying, son, in this next season, people are going to come and ask for the fruit out of your life, not for what you can do for them. There's a season that we're in that's production, and then there's a season where it's fruitfulness. Fruit comes out of us. Production is what we do and you're reaching a different season where you just speaking into people's lives is gonna bring life to them because there's a fruitfulness that's getting ready to just come out of you. You know, a a young oak tree will produce a small harvest, but, but, but mature oaks, they produce enough nuts for like a thousand squirrels. And they don't have to do anything other than just be there. And so I want you to realize that as these people come to you, have your radar up, because some of them you're going to talk to and they don't even know that they need what you have. But they're going to walk away and go, wow, I, I, I somehow, something he said just like, what was that? like?" And so there's this seasonal change that's coming into your life and you need to be settled in it you need to know that you're in this season and 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 not focus on anything that you thought you didn't do right a lot of times we know what to do until the next generation because of what we know not to do rather than what we know what to do does that make sense and so this season probably into the rest of your life is gonna become one of the most meaningful seasons that you've ever had. Because there is gonna be reproduction of your life into others, and when you die, you will go around this world in the young men and young women that you've sown the fruitfulness of your life into, far more than whatever you thought you were gonna produce. Does that make sense? Thank you, Lord. I just want you guys to close your eyes. This is the only other thing that I got. I saw a bunch of kids licking ice cream cones. And God wants you to know, in every one of you that this applies to, that he is going to restore your childhood. So that in those areas he's restoring, you can be mature in all things. So there are some of you that you're going to get these inclinations in you that you normally never got to do almost childlike things. Well, I can't do that. I'm a grown-up. No, go to the snow cone stand and get you a snow cone. Go to the park and... And get on the swing and swing and fly yourself off the swing. Play hopscotch, get a comic book, buy a Hot Wheel, and a Hot Wheel track. (laughs) Basically what I'm saying is, when we don't get to be children and explore the passions of our hearts, some of those passions are God-given That are to journey with us through the rest of our lives and they never get actualized because we got shut down as children. So for some of you this is actually an activation over time into purposes and passions and destinies in your lives that you've never been able to tap into. So Father I just pray this over your people. I pray that they'll receive it. I pray that they'll grow in it. I just see him right now, and it's just the way he's given it to me. However, this hit you emotionally, it's like you, as a child, were put into a cage. it's like you were per- i mean it's it, it it's so important to him it's not literally this but it's like you were perpetrated against and shoved into a cage and locked up, and I just see his hand in, 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 in certain hearts in here, just turning keys to unlock the gates of those cages, so those those little girl and little boy passions inside of you that you never got to even start out in, that were shut down like you you wanted to color as a as, as a little boy or a little girl, and, and it somehow got shut down, and you were supposed to have art as a passionate place to express yourself to God and to others that kind of a thing. Father, I just I just pray you open, you turn the keys and you open those gates to those cages and you reach your hand in so those little boys and those little girls in those passion purpose places in our hearts can begin to walk out and feel safe in walking out. Take away their shame, take away their guilt, take away their it's my fault, take away all the lies as they sense your presence in this place in jesus name